Today is Monday, September 11th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Hard to believe, but it is the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th attacks. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Joining me now to help us get through it, Billy Hallowell. Billy, happy Monday. What's going on? Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah. just, you know, reflecting a little bit this morning on 9-11. It's, it's always yeah. such a weird, strange day, even this many years later. Yeah, and we're getting further and further away from it, and you just wonder what these younger generations, what they think of it, because we're starting to hit that age now where people haven't been born, and they're in their 20s. Since it, I mean, it's insane. It's really insane to think about because those of us who lived through it, it always feels like yesterday. But we'll talk about that. What do you have coming up on The Focus? Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Biden administration's uh, quest to loosen federal restrictions on marijuana and one doctor really out there warning about how bad cannabis actually is mm -hmm. for the mind and the body. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to the details there. And on the main thing, China is restricting rare earth metals. Analyst Gordon Chang explains how this will impact us. We're going to get to all that, but first, we're going to hit through the news here in 90 seconds. Well, today marks the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, as well as the crash of United Airlines Flight 93 in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Nearly 3,000 lost their lives that day. There will be a host of events happening in the New York City area. A few of those include the 9-11 Memorial and Museum's 22nd anniversary commemoration. You got the Tribute in Light, the Tunnels to Towers 5K Run and Walk is happening this month as well. That event honors the 343 FDNY firefighters, law enforcement officers, and thousands of civilians, of course, who died on 9-11. One thing I highly recommend watching is the documentary done by the two French brothers who were filming a story about the life of a rookie firefighter in New York when 9-11 happened. They have the only footage of the first plane hitting the tower. It is, it's a very stunning documentary. It really puts you on the ground that day. I have the link to the whole video uh, in the uh, podcast episode here today. And Coco Goff won the U.S. Open for women's tennis over the weekend. She's just 19 years old. She's outspoken about her face. She's caught on camera taking a moment to take a knee to pray. Incredible win there. Those are just some of today's top stories. For more news from a Christian perspective, check out CBNNews.com. Billy, before we get to the 9-11 stuff, just quick on Coco Goff. She prayed. You could see it very clearly. She turned and took a knee and prayed and... I don't know if the announcers really realized what was happening and they just said, well, she's soaking it all in. Well, Tony Dungy, he took to Twitter and he, well, X, I guess, but he took to that and he corrected that. And he said, well, here, I got to get actually his exact quote. He said, I hate to break this to you, Sports Center, but Coco Golf was not soaking it all in at this moment. She was praying. She's been very open about her Christian faith in the past. It seems pretty obvious what she was doing here. 
And and she so so good for Tony Dungy because I, I don't know if that was intentional. Sometimes in the moment, you know, maybe the announcer didn't find the right word. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but it was it was pretty clear that she was praying. I mean, she turned around, went face the chair, and you know, almost did the Tebow like she you know put her hands up and you know folded over you know near her forehead and she was praying very clearly. Yeah, well, what is this foreign concept <laughs> this woman is doing? Yeah, it's, it is interesting, though. I mean, it kind of shows where we are that you would imagine that most people would understand understand that. But, you know, giving people a pass on it, I did I did love Dungy calling it out. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you have these young people, especially a 19-year-old out there, you know, accomplishing something incredible in athletics and giving, giving glory to God, we haven't seen as much of that or at least on as big of a stage as we did with Tebow. So it's nice to see some others doing it now too. Yeah. Just 19 years old as well. Incredible. So, and then on nine 11, Billy, uh, I mentioned that documentary. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's, it's one that I, I try to watch every couple of years, if not every year. And it's, it really is incredible because they were, they weren't, obviously they didn't know this was going to happen. So they were there filming something else, but they happened to be filming about what it was like to be a rookie firefighter in New York city. So they were following along this rookie and they just were practicing filming that day on nine 11. And they just went out to get some, you know, extra practice filming. And they were out on some call for like a gas smell of gas odor or something like that. And the plane flies right over top of him and he turns and aims and you see it hit the tower and it's it's on from there and it's just complete chaos and and they follow the chief around because they were with the chief that day from the station they were at and they're right there and and it's just it really puts you there and it's one of those things i'll probably you know especially my kids are old enough um, show them because it does put you there and I'm afraid that people were so far removed, they didn't grow up with it. They don't know what it felt like to be basically under attack. Yeah, I mean, it's the Pearl Harbor effect, right? For everybody that, for a lot of people, you know, most younger people now, they they hear about Pearl Harbor. When I was a kid, I'd hear about it, and I didn't have any connection to it, right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, that was a horrible event. And, you know, but but this was, like you're saying, when you go through it, all of those feelings, every anniversary, when I see those images come back that I had, you know, and I was a I was a high school senior at the time when it happened, right? And so, you know, the the feelings I had that day in my school library watching it, they all come back. And I think that, you know, it's just it's so easy to forget. And the reason we shouldn't forget is because of the evil we saw that day, right? I mean, yeah. we, we have to remember that and be diligent. And uh, but I think I think yeah, for a lot of people, they just sort of move on, or it's just this weird event that happened that they have no connection to. Yeah, and if you're growing up today, it feels so divided. And of course, we had political divisions then as well. But man, the country really came together after that, and it's something that I don't think I've experienced since. And I don't want to go through a terrorist attack to have to experience it again. It was just, you know, it was neat to see the country rally together in a time of need and. You know, you wonder if we're even able to do that anymore. No, I don't. I don't think we are. I mean, that's why we haven't felt it again. It, there was something about maybe the six months that followed that, and I don't remember the exact timeline. Right. You know, and of course, within you know two years, the Iraq War <laughs> fighting was yeah, going on. But, yeah. but then, there was something unique about that, like what you're saying. And I don't. I mean, gosh, that is almost like just the, everywhere you went people were being kind to each other. They were helping each other. They were, are you okay? Because everybody felt the same thing. And I don't think there are many events 
I can't think of another event that has happened in my lifetime where everybody felt the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. They really did. And, um, and it's something that, uh, you're right. I don't know. I don't know if we can do it again and I hope we can. I, I really hope we can, but we were galvanizing under the American flag and even that's divisive now. So you're right. I don't know. I don't know if we can do it. That's, that's a sad thought, but, um, nevertheless, it's nine 11 today. So hopefully, uh, you are doing something to help remember and n make sure that Americans don't forget what happened that day. All right, we're going to move on to the focus story now. And a doctor is speaking up about marijuana's mental and physical impacts. There's there's a lot going on as why this is relevant. Uh, there's some changes potentially happening. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, the, the marijuana debates go on and on and on. But right now, the Biden administration is actually looking to loosen federal restrictions on marijuana. And you also have this, the factor, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but the fact that culture is continuing to normalize the drug, right? You have 23 states and the District of Columbia, they have now legalized the substance. You've got this recreational usage going on. Um, and yet you have a number of people, and it's been this way for a while, and I don't know why. It's funny. We, we love to follow the science and the experts when the science and experts are saying what we want them to say. But in <laughs> yeah. this case, the, the experts and the doctors, the people researching this, and keep in mind when a drug is illegal, the, the research is limited on it, right? So, you know, the idea that marijuana has been vetted and looked at and explored um, and, you know, that we have all the information we have on it to know how dangerous it is, is a silly idea. It has not been. And in fact, the research we do have, much of it tells us how dangerous it is. And so Dr. Raymond Wiggins, he's a Texas-based surgeon, he pushed back on this normalization and recreational legalization of weed. Uh, he was actually in an interview with Fox and Friends Weekend um, over the weekend, and he was talking about this, and he was saying, look, marijuana has many physical and mental health issues associated with it. Um, he talked about all sorts of issues and, and broke it down, and it was it's alarming when you hear people like this go out there and start to kind of dig into what the research is actually showing. Yeah. So what are the, what are some of the, what are some of those mental effects that you're mentioning there? Yeah. Well, when we start with the mental, um, increased anxiety, schizophrenia, depression, mm -hmm. bipolar disorder, suicidal ideation. I mean, there's a laundry list that is unpleasant to hear. Um, he talked about one recent study that found that marijuana leads to a two and a half times risk of schizophrenia if people start using it before the age of 18. And you know, that's the big thing here. When you start to normalize something, more people are going to do it. And when you're out there saying this drug has, it's not addictive and it's, it's completely safe. When you have data that is showing that somebody's at a two and a half times risk for schizophrenia, if they started as a teenager, that's alarming. There's also um, another study showing that if you use the drug 50 times or more before you turn 30 years old, you're at a six times higher risk mm. of schizophrenia. Um, and for anybody paying attention, schizophrenia is not a minor mental health struggle. Um, and so you've also got depressive thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Um, I mean, these are things that they see increasing with marijuana usage. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's to me, when you see, when you hear those stats, you, your eyebrows raise. Yeah. All right. That's the mental. What are some of those physical effects? I mean, it seems like it can't get worse, but it does. 
It does. And, and this, again, this it's better than smoking cigarettes. And you, hear, <laughs> right. you hear these things that people say. Uh, there's a 4.8 times risk of a heart attack for the first hour after smoking marijuana and um, 1.7 times of a heart attack risk for two hours after smoking. But there was another thing, a study that Wiggins mentioned. He said that one study found a 63% risk in a heart attack among 18 to 44-year-olds who smoke in the last 30 days. So extending well beyond that hour or two. Um, and, yeah, there are other issues as well. We're talking about the internal issues. There are external problems that can happen when somebody, just like if somebody is out there drunk, there are issues that can happen. And, again, that's another myth. If you're if you're high, all you do is sit down and, and eat and hang out and you're quiet. And you know, so there are all of these things that, that really he broke down that are pretty shocking. Yeah. Why do you think this is something that's going on right now that, that we need to talk about that there's an urgency there? Yeah, you know, I mentioned the Biden administration's Department of Health and Human Services. They are recommending that the Drug Enforcement Administration, so they make a recommendation to them, move cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3. Um, so this would loosen restrictions on the drug. You know, we have this Controlled Substances Act, and there are five schedules under it. Schedule 1 is where marijuana is right now. That's where all very serious drugs are. It's the most restrictive and making this change, and again, this depends on the DEA. The DEA has to agree that this should happen, but there's not much of a history of the DEA disagreeing You know, when this recommendation comes through, so there's a good chance it could be rescheduled. It would mean less, you know, less stringent restrictions on the drug. It would mean that, um, you know, it would actually probably inch us toward national legalization, right? It wouldn't automatically legalize the drug, but moving it from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, you know, there'd be some other factors at play. It would probably be easier to research it, which honestly, I am I mean, we're looking at the research here. We covered some of it. You yeah. want to research it? Go ahead. We'll right. find out how right. much more terrible it is. Um, right. So anyway. Yeah, but this, I mean, it just seems like you mentioned that, uh, well, it's better than smoking. It's That's kind of insane to me. That's like, here, which disease do you want? You know, which one's better? <laughs> like, it's not, this isn't something you want to say like, hey, this is the better one of these to have. They're both bad. And it does seem like we're putting ourselves on the path to a slippery slope here, because if you legalize this logically, what's to stop you from legalizing the next drug? Well, yeah. And, there, and look, there are politicians out there that have no problem um, decriminalizing everything. Right. I mean, this is something that is becoming more of a narrative. We have parts of the country where we're drugs are are legal and you don't face penalties it's such a false choice and i just want to note this so people understand i know there's a lot of people who will disagree with this but you know i've, I've been pretty passionate on this topic for, mm -hmm. for a long time yeah. but this idea that people are out there saying you have to legalize marijuana fully or or you know you have this dynamic where people are going to prison for 30 years it's like well I can't speed, and I'm not saying that should just be a ticket, but I can't speed legally. Like you, there are there are ramifications for it. There are middle grounds on these issues. You know, you can still have something not be legal and not put somebody in jail for 30 years for it, right? So there, <laughs> right. I think just the entire conversation is predicated on a bunch of false arguments and mistruths. Yeah, absolutely, and it and it does seem like it's one of those things that's gained in popularity, but the unintended quote-unquote consequences sure seem like they're going to be uh, incredibly consequential so all right appreciate you bringing that one uh, billy we're going to head over to the main thing now and you'll likely pay higher prices for things like phones and everything else that we have chips in 
And China analyst Gordon Chang is explaining how China's latest move to restrict rare earth metals is going to affect consumers and the global semiconductor industry, which it sounds kind of nerdy, but really it does impact us all. And that's today's main thing. America's next war may have already started, not with military weaponry, but over semiconductors and the rare earth minerals needed to manufacture them. China is now restricting exports of gallium and germanium, critical for military applications. Well, here to explain what this means is Gatestone Institute senior fellow, China analyst Gordon Chang. Gordon, it's always good to talk with you. So first, how important are these two rare earth metals and why is China restricting their export? Gallium and germanium are important because they're used in semiconductors. And semiconductors right now are the main area of contest between the United States and China when it comes to technology. Um, China makes or processes about 80% oh, or so of the world's gallium and 60% of the world's germanium. Um, and that gives it a dominant position, but it doesn't mean it is in total control. So there are things that we can do to um, break China's stranglehold. And the reason why this is important is because the United States is trying to prevent China from using chips in weapons that are going to be used against Americans. So we've got to do this, um, but it's a very messy process. What does this mean for the average American? Uh, higher prices for products, less availability for semiconductor manufacturers? In the short term, there are probably going to be higher prices for um, uh, things like uh, phones and everything else that we have chips in. And basically, that's everything, um, because we have going to take some time to not only mine and process these two minerals and others, um, but also it just is a, a long, long process in terms of uh, switching in manufacturing. It can be done. Um, it just is creates a lot of friction. So yeah, prices will go up. Maybe there's an issue of availability, um, but these are temporary disruptions that we have got to get used to. We have been accustomed to a world where we get everything at very low cost. The world right now is turbulent. Uh, trade and globalization are in reverse. And that means we're gonna live in a world which is not as convenient um, and is not as efficient as the one that we have been accustomed to. Okay, as you say, China provides these critical rare earth metals. Aren't there other sources? Well, there, there certainly are. Uh, there's other technologies. Um, we can reprocess uh, gallium and germanium and recycle them. Um, the, the best example of what's gonna happen would be in 2010 when China um, uh, 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 banned the export of rare earths to Japan um, because they had a dispute in the East China Sea. Well. That export ban didn't last very long because the Japanese um, figured out how to get around it. One of them was that Chinese state enterprises continued to sell these rare earths to Japan despite the ban, because we got to remember that it's not only that we got to buy, the Chinese have to sell. And Chinese state companies, although they are subject to strict control by the Communist Party, they can find a way around these things. Um, and so um, what happened was Japan got all of the rare earths it needed, and eventually China had to drop its ban. And by the way, that ban was a violation of China's World Trade Organization obligations. Um, and um, yeah, that shows China is a predatory trader. 
Gordon, what should be done about this? How should the Biden administration respond to protect American national security interests? We should respond by uh, tightening our sanctions. You know, we've had uh, semiconductor restrictions, um, which were sort of half-hearted, which were sometimes enforced. What we need to do is realize that um, China is implacably a foe to the United States. It's declared a people's war on the U.S. It is maliciously going after us, and we need to defend ourselves with all of our might. Um, and that means, in the first instance, um, imposing the strictest of sanctions, which are relentlessly enforced. If we do that, then I think that we have a chance of prevailing, but not in the current situation where we're not really sure what we want to do. And there are a lot of voices in the U.S. that say, oh, you know, we should sell everything that China wants. Well, no, we shouldn't. The Wall Street Journal reports that Chinese nationals posing as tourists have accessed U.S. military bases and other sensitive sites, maybe 100 times over recent years. So how concerned should we be about that? Well, it's definitely an espionage threat. There's a pattern there. Uh, China uses every point of contact with the United States to undermine and destroy our society. So if you have one or two, quote unquote, Chinese tourists who've tried to uh, get onto a U.S. military base, well, you could say, well, those are just isolated incidents, but not 100 of them. Um, and we have to remember that we have all of these um, Chinese migrants coming across our southern border in unprecedented numbers. And although almost all of them are who they say they are, they're just desperate and given up on China, some of them appear to be saboteurs. They're packs of males in groups of five to 15 who um, are of military age, unaccompanied by family groups who pretend not to speak English, and some of them are known to have links to the Chinese military. Um, these look like saboteurs, which means that on the first day of a war in China, we are going to be fighting these saboteurs on our own soil, which means for the first time since the War of 1812, Americans will have a sustained fight on American soil. Okay, Gordon Chang, Gatestone Institute Senior Fellow, Thank you for sharing your time and insights. We appreciate you. God bless you. Well, God bless you, Gary, and thank you so much. All right, Gary, appreciate that there. And we're going to continue covering China and all things related to China because it does impact us all. Our economies are so tied to one another. We, we Unfortunately, we get so many things from there. Just look at the bottom of a product you buy. I mean, more times than not, it's going to say made in China. And so, like it or not, we're tied to them. And of course, you have the other geopolitical ramifications of them siding with Russia and things of that nature. So I appreciate that report, Gary. Uh, very important stuff. All right, we're going to move on to our one last thing for today. And we have First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And and just a reminder here, you know, exhorting um, Timothy and believers at that time to really lean into their faith, lean into the gospel message. And it's an encouragement to us to uh, stand tall in the midst of all the false teachings that culture throws our way. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of a lot of the gospel is just being on guard, right? I mean, yeah. we're told that we're told that throughout the gospel, and it's so easy to not be on guard. And so it's just an important, powerful reminder for, for each of us. Absolutely. All right. Good spot to leave it there for the pod today. As always, get on over to CBNnews.com. 
and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We're so glad you joined us. And Lord willing, that creek don't rise on us. We shall return tomorrow with more. Trey will return tomorrow as well. All right. God bless. Have a great rest of your Monday.